Today's episode is sponsored by Relief Factor. Pain from everyday living, exercise, or just getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. Man, can I relate to this. It interferes with daily activities and can even keep us from spending time with the people we love. If you have everyday pain, it stands to reason that you need something you can feel comfortable with taking every day. That's why doctors invented a 100% drug-free relief factor. Now tens of thousands of customers are using relief factor every day to become mostly or completely pain-free. 100% drug-free relief factor features four key ingredients that each work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing processes to determine, respond to pain and inflammation. Now you can try Relief Factor 2. The three-week quick start, retail price of almost $70, is now available to our listeners for just $19.95. That's $19.95. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today with Relief Factor. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tag. It's your man, the Cowboy, Jared Watson. I am back from vacation, and man, I missed a lot. But I am here with the Wrestling Encyclopedia himself, and three-time, three-time, wait for it, wait for it, three-time Indian Leg Wrestling Champion, Mr. Keith White. Keith, why do I let you and Cam in the same room together alone? Wait, why, why do I do that? Uh, because that's what happens when you go on vacation. You know, it, pretty much what happened was you gave the keys of the house to somebody, two guys, and said, don't wreck the place. And sure enough, we had a rager. So that's what that's what you get for trusting us. I listened to the last episode and I'm like, these guys can just talk about the most random things and make it entertaining. It was that great of an episode. If you haven't listened to it, tagging, go back and do so because those two crazy cats alone at a microphone for 40 minutes you don't want to miss it it's quality entertainment but keith i'm glad to be back this week and i know you're excited we're both excited because we have a first on mixtag this week we have our first interview with an aew superstar keith should we let the tagging in on the secret of who it is right now or should we you know should we wait a little bit well, I mean, they're going to see who it is when they click on the episode and, you know, <laughs> read the description. So, Jared. That's true. I, I didn't think about that. We could keep it a surprise, I guess, but they'll already see it by the time they're hearing this. But it is none other than Mr. Danny Limelight. You've seen him on AEW. You've seen him on New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's going to be hopping on in just a minute. But, Keith, for those of you really quickly who don't know who Danny Limelight is, give a brief description of what you see in the ring from him because he is really a true superstar. I mean, you see this crazy offense, and I mean, he's just he's really innovative, and he he takes it. He's got his incredible motor, and you know he is all the cruiserweights that you loved in the '90s, and all the innovation you can think of. You know, with the Hardys, I mean. And and guys in ROH, I mean, just this, the past. If you think about the past twenty some years of professional wrestling, and, and a little longer, let's let's even go twenty five years. He is a student of the game, 
and he is taking things to the next level. We love watching him. We do. We do. He is a rising star in the ring. We're going to get to know a little bit about his personal life as well, but you're going to have to stay and listen to find out what he has to say. And maybe down the line, there's a little title belt idea that he is fond of that Keith has mentioned on the show before. Hmm. Got to stay and listen. Our interview with Danny Limelight coming up right after this. What's up, everybody? It's your Pope, Elijah Burke, a.k.a. the NWA World's Television Champion, and you are listening to Mixed Tag with my boys, Jared and Keith. Be sure to stay tuned for what's coming up next. All right, Tag Gang, like we promised you at the beginning of the show, we have brought in someone special to talk to today on Mixed Tag. He's getting a lot of props, a lot of praise, a lot of recognition in AEW. And you might have also seen him in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is the radioactive poppy. He is Danny Limelight. Danny, how's it going, man? Thanks for coming on. Oh, me gente! What's going on, everybody? Thank you for having me on the show. What an introduction. You guys made me sound like a superstar. Special thanks to AEW New Japan Strong for helping me become, you know, more and more popular with the fans and stuff like that and giving me opportunities to do stuff like this. So I'm super excited. Let's rock and roll, baby. Well, we are so happy to have you on Mixed Tag. And, you know, I have to start off, Danny, by saying that you have my favorite nickname in all of pro wrestling, the Radioactive Bobby. How in the world did you have that nickname get presented to you? Oh, uh, man. I'm glad you say Radioactive Bobby because for like a good month straight on Twitter, everybody was calling me the Radioactive Puppy. Because of how Justin Roberts, oh you know, Justin Roberts has an amazing voice. So the way he would say it, some people thought it was puppy. Um, and honestly, like I'm a poppy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, poppy is a, a little slang term that's used for, you know, a poppy chulo, you know, you know, somebody that has isn't a little bit of flavor, a little sasson to him, you know, good with the ladies and stuff like that. Um, so that was, I knew that I always wanted to be poppy. Everybody obviously always thinks of Eddie Guerrero, you know, I'm your poppy. When Eddie, you know, rest in peace, used to come out and do his thing back in the day. And then the radioactive, that came from, you know, my my, my comic love, you know, me being a huge Spider-Man fan and, you know, the way I move in the ring like Spider-Man and, the, you know, just the radioactive genes, man. I, I just, I wanted something that wasn't so on the nose with Spider-Man. I didn't want to just be poppy and I wanted to put the two things I love the most, you know, wrestling and my comic book stuff put together to create this cool nickname that fit me i believe and and it worked out pretty good and it's definitely something that's catching on because now everybody's calling me it so i love it that's awesome that's very good man and along with the nickname you know we know that you rep brooklyn hard yes and um i wanted to ask you a question too like you know growing up in new york you've already documented you know like you know your struggles in school and i was just curious um were there any teachers or counselors or mentors that you could go to back then? Or did you feel really shut out by the system? Um, man, that's a good question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, I think that I was fortunate in a sense that I had mentors in the streets. You know, we used to call them old heads on the block, people that respected my father and, you know, mm-hmm. looked up to my father and- used to do back in the day so they knew that i was his son they used to call me diz jr because my pop's nickname was diz it was short for disaster because he was a troublemaker and uh you know so i had that i had people looking out for me in the streets and stuff like that but in school i didn't really feel like i had anybody in school you know there was this one dean 
Uh, his name was Mr. Merced. He was my dean in junior high school. And uh, I played for, he was also the basketball coach and I played for his team, but I was always in trouble. But he never kicked me off the team. You know, he never kicked me off the basketball team, but he, I did get suspended a lot. Um, I, the system is in New York is very different, man. Actually, the system everywhere, you know, it's different. And I feel like as a Latino, a Puerto Rican, specifically from New York, you know, the odds are already stacked against you. You know, people tell you you can't do certain things. A lot of people don't make it out the hood. And I just feel like I was one of the very few fortunate ones to do so, but it was only because of the Marine Corps. And I feel like the Marine Corps is where I really found the mentorship and the leadership that I needed to help me get straight. So I just want to thank my recruiter, Staff Sergeant Rosario, for recruiting me. I want to thank my drone instructor, Staff Sergeant Philip Iddens, Staff Sergeant Alan Childs, Staff Sergeant Michael Donnelly, and Sergeant Carlos Askew at the time. Now all of them are very, very high ranks in the Marine Corps, or they got not the Marine Corps by now. And uh, they definitely were the ones that set the example for me. It was the reason why I chose to stay in the Marine Corps and to go be a drone instructor myself. And by the way, we want to say, you know, thank you for your service. Um, United States Marines, obviously known for being really tough uh, with their standards. And we were curious, um, did basic training prepare you for wrestling school? And which one ended up being tougher? Oh, boot camp was way harder, for sure. Marine Corps in general okay. was harder than, than training to be a wrestler. The training that I went through to, to be a Marine, 13 weeks straight, you know, nonstop intensive training, you know, high tactical training combat marksmanship, combat training, Marine Corps martial arts program training, and just the mental side of the things, never being home, always traveling, always in another country. Um, the training that I went through to become a Marine Corps martial arts instructor to teach the Marine Corps martial arts program, the training that I went through for, you know, deployments with the MU and, and you know, just the, the, the humanitarian missions that I did in Japan and the training to become a drone instructor and then being a drone instructor and 13 weeks on all over again for cycles, you know, pushing platoons of recruits through training, you know, no sleep, no eating, you know, dehydrated, losing weight. It was intense, man. It was a lot of work for sure. And, and, and not saying that wrestling training isn't hard because it definitely is. Not anybody can just get in the ring, but I felt like the Marine Corps had got me ready for that stuff, especially the physical side of things. Yeah. And Danny, your wrestling journey began in 2014 and, you know, you got a lot of time in the Indies, but, you know, now featured in New Japan and AEW. We'll circle back to AEW a few times in this interview, but we were wondering what were some similarities and some differences between the companies? Um, well, every company is different. You know, I, I've wrestled for United Wrestling Network on television. I wrestled for Impact. I wrestled for AEW. I wrestled for New Japan Strong. Um, all amazing companies, and they're all different in their own ways. You know, I think that uh, depending on where you're at, you know, you try to carry yourself a certain way. You know, you want to not fit in because that's never the you know never the goal. But you definitely want to you know be part of of the family. You know, and so. I loved every company I've worked for. I have no complaints for any of the companies. It's a great atmosphere, great place to be, great places to work. And I think that, you know, whether you're in the cerulean blue and you're feeling like a warrior samurai, you know, you're feeling like a like 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 it's all or nothing in the cerulean blue in New Japan, or if you're at AEW and you're competing with some of the best in the world, you know, when I'm in the ring with guys like Kenny Omega and John Moxley, you know, it, it's just a different level of competition there. And then even at Impact, you know, I make my debut at a pay-per-view and I'm wrestling for the X Division Championship. There's some amazingly talented guys there as well. So everything's been fun, man. It's been a ride. And I've just de def definitely come into the place and just try to, you know, be a chameleon and just and just adapt and overcome. You know, that's something that the Marine Corps taught me, adapt and overcome. 
And it's, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, 2019 because, you know, who who debuts an impact and, and gets to compete for the X Division title? You know, it's pretty crazy. Um, so and 2019 was also a pretty cool year for you. Uh, you made your acting debut as uh, John Morrison stuntman, uh, you know, with that movie, The Speed of Time. We just mm-hmm. want to know what that experience was like. And then, you know, what was it like meeting John? Well, I wasn't John Morrison's stuntman. John Morrison does his own stunts. The dude is super talented. I did okay. all the stunts for all the bad guys in the film. I was all the time borgs. Me gotcha. and two other guys, so there was three of us, and we were we got our asses whipped by John the entire time. And I met John um, wrestling training at, at this warehouse in Burbank, and he was a great guy. You know, we, he was teaching me some things, and obviously, you know, I had looked up to him when he was on WWE back in the day, and then obviously his Lucha Underground stuff I thought was great. He was always a star, you know, and I thought that he was always different because of the parkour, because of the the acting and the and the charisma that he had. I always felt myself very much similar lifestyle to him, I would say. And so when I met him and we started training in the ring and he was showing me how I can also incorporate my parkour stuff into what I do in the ring, we just clicked. And then he found out I was a stuntman and it was around the time that he was getting ready to, to get ready to shoot Speed of Time. And he, you know, he said that he had to shoot some pre-visuals, fight scenes, fight choreography for the film. You know, I told him I'd love to help out. I wasn't expecting anything, just showed up for him because he was helping me in the ring, kind of a favor for a favor. And this is a testament to how awesome of a man John Morrison is that, you know, we, we did the pre-visuals and then he, he, he put me over to the, the guys on set, you know, the director, the producer, all that stuff. And they ended up putting me in the film. I wasn't originally supposed to be part of the film. They ended up flying me out to Florida to do it. I got to work with him, got to work with, uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Nick Nemeth at the time. He was part of the film, you know, and, and it was a great, great week in, in, in Florida, you know. So we stood at this beautiful hotel with the beach right in the back and had had an amazing time. And to this day, man, I, I look up to John. I thank John. I actually, you know, he, he, he helped contribute to a, a fundraiser for one of the films that I was writing and producing. He's just an awesome human being, man. That's awesome. And, uh, and it's interesting, too, like, you know, you're involved in the movies, but you're not the only actor in the family. You got your seven-year-old daughter. Uh, yes. You know, an actress at a really young age, obviously she's following in your footsteps in that way. But do you think that she'll follow your footsteps in the ring? Uh, you know, is that something she seems interested in? Well, uh, I just want to take a second and give a shout out to my daughter, Khaleesi. Khaleesi, if you listen to this, I love you 3000, baby. Um, my daughter's a superstar, man. She's seven years old. Yeah. She's been in two national commercials, SAG scale national commercials. She's done short independent films. She's just this ball of fire and she's fired up and she loves what she does. She's constantly getting auditions and that turn into callbacks because she's that good. And she's just so happy to work and she's so light spirited and she loves wrestling. Every time we're together, she wants to wrestle. We, we lock up, we fight on, you know, on the bed and I throw her around and she throws me around and she throws super kicks and her finisher is like a double stomp. So that's why sometimes you guys see me doing a double stomp because she does it at home. So she's awesome. She loves wrestling. And you know it. I'm I'm a big a big uh supporter of her as well. I want her to follow her dreams. If I would have listened to my teachers and people back in the day and told me that I couldn't do what I wanted to do, who knows where I would be. But instead I chose to follow my dreams. And if she wants to be an actress or a wrestler or she wants to I don't know, if she wants to be the first person to camp out on Mars 
and, you know, and write a book, I'm okay with that. You know, go do it, baby. I believe in you. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's how it should be. Her mom, you know, at first was a little rougher on the edges about her doing the entertainment side of things, but now her mom is happy and supports her as well. She loves to see her doing good. And we have a very good support system for our daughter. And I, and I can't believe that she's done so much in just a year and a half in this business. She's definitely the, uh, the better actor, isn't she? She's the better <laughs> yeah, actor she in the family. For sure. Hundred percent. Seven years old, she's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I'm glad you give her that support her. system. That's Everybody really cool to hear. Everybody, follow my daughter. Follow my daughter on Instagram at Lisi Rivera. L e e s i r i v e r a. There you go. Got the shout out there from Dad. That's so cool. But you know, Danny, I'm going to take you back, and like I said earlier, we're going to talk a little bit about AEW. So you debuted in AEW in 2020 during the pandemic. And in your debut match in the company, you competed against some more familiar faces, you know, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Luchasaurus, both of whom uh, I've heard you trained with earlier in your career. But you've also wrestled on every single episode of AEW Dark Elevation so far. That's all great, right? That's amazing. But I want to talk to you about a specific moment you mentioned earlier where you had a match with arguably the greatest wrestler today in Kenny Omega in a tag match. Uh, he was teaming with the Good Brothers, of course, and you were with the Varsity Blondes. So how yes. did it feel being in a match with one of the greatest wrestlers in the world? And talk a little bit about the reception you got afterwards, because Keith actually made you his wrestler of the week on our show that week. You performed so well. Wow. Thank you so much, Keith. Um, first of all, Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. That's I, that's an opinion in the hill that I would die on. Um Right now, in my opinion, he's the best wrestler in the world. And I think that going into that match, it was my Dynamite debut. I I knew that it was going to be a match that was going to be like a coming out party for me. Like, yeah, people had seen me on New Japan Strong and people had seen me on AEW Dark. But I knew that this this episode was going to do numbers, especially because it was the Good Brothers on TV coming out of nowhere. Nobody expected that. And it's Kenny Omega. And it was the New Year's Smash Night 2 uh, in January. And, you know, Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison are two two good friends of mine. I love those dudes. Shout out to Brian Pillman Jr. And, and Griff Garrison, the Varsity Blondes. They're a great tag team. I love watching them. You know, they have a very big future in this business. And, and just being able to stand in the ring with two guys that, 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 that I care about as friends, standing across from arguably one of the best tag teams ever in the Good Brothers. and one of the best wrestlers ever and the current best wrestler, Kenny Omega and the AEW world champion. To me, it was like a, like the final boss test, you know, like, like this is your, like, this is a test right here. Can you do what you do with someone like Kenny Omega? Can you show up and show out, not get the jitters, not, you know, bed. And, and I felt like everybody that watched that, you know, saw that in my opinion, it, it felt like a, the Danny Limelight show. You know, at least for that moment, for me, it was one of the best moments of my life. It just felt like my time, you know, and Kenny's great. He brought out the best in me. The Good Brothers brought out the best in me. And and I was in the match the majority of the time. And I loved it. I got to the back and man, the the, the reactions, the, the the high praise from people like Chris Jericho and Dustin, you know, Jerry Lynn, uh, um, you know, a bunch of the other guys back there that, that hadn't really seen me work. That got to see me work was amazing. And then, you know, Twitter was went crazy. I was trending on Twitter. Nobody was like expected that to happen. I'm in the match with Kenny Omega and I'm trending. The next day I get verified on Instagram. 
And like, it, it was, it was just a, a snowball effect of amazing things happening. And I'm super grateful. And then I got to wrestle Kenny again a few months later on Elevation, the main event of Elevation. It was me and the Seidel brothers, Matt and Mike Seidel against Kenny Omega, Kanosuke Takeshita, and, and Michael Nakazawa, which was another fun match. Yeah, you've been you've been crushing it, man. And uh, we both watch your matches, and we like to describe you as innovative. And I got to be honest, that's hard to do in 2021 since so much has changed over the pro wrestling over the years. So right. uh, we were curious, like, what's your creative process? for figuring out your matches or the off- offense you're going to get in, like the story you want to tell, like what's your process? Oh man, I want to be radioactive in the ring. You know, I, I just, I, I, I hear people talking about amazing red and, and, and the, the inspiration that he had on so many people's careers. You know, you see guys like Will Ospreay, Ricochet, always reinventing the wheel and doing these amazing things. In it. And then you see people under Indies trying to replicate it or duplicate it, you know, for for me, I want to go down as one of those guys, you know, like I want people 10 years from now, five years from now, tomorrow, you know, looking up Danny Limelight matches for cool new ways to do things. You know, I, 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 I think that some of it is because of my stunt background and my, my acting background and the choreography and the things that I put into films and, and fight scenes and stuff like that, that when I'm, when I'm, when I'm getting ready for a match, I, I tell myself that I, I really want to stand out. I want to be innovative. I want to be creative. I don't want to copy everybody's stuff. I want to do things that not many people can do so that it stands out. You know, whether it's my springboard, my double springboard symbiote DDT, or if it's the way I get into my rear naked choke, or if it's the way that I fly, you know, or my evasions or whatever the case may be, I want it to be different. I want it to be unique and I want it to stand out. And I feel like I've done a great job at doing that. And and that's a great, you know, uh, mix to have, you know, that high flying ability in the ring. I want to mention something to you, Danny, really quickly. So a few episodes back, Keith mentioned his idea uh, that I liked a lot. And we want your opinion on it. So especially for AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation, the idea of a singles title to showcase more often, right? So what would you think about competing for maybe, you know, hypothetically being the first ever AEW World Junior Heavyweight Champion? Do you like that? idea of that title or something similar to it that would be awesome you know that would be amazing i think that you know when you think of that of a, of a belt like that you know you think of the guys from like you know the held the nwa junior heavyweight championship you think of the the iwgp junior heavyweight championship you know like those workhorse championships and and i think that i i, I fit in that category and i felt like i would love to, to you know to, to be in a tournament or some kind of caliber of a match for the belt and to even become one of the champions one day and, and go forth and defend it i don't know if that's a thing that's happening i don't know if it'll ever happen um but i think that that would be something that the fans would love you know but that's that's a decision that's out of my hands well danny you can you can you know request that just you know tell tk hey be like hey keith from mixed tag said you gotta get this belt in here <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to push the boss too much, kid. Nah, Let's man. not push him too much, right? <laughs> Mr. Khan, Mr. Khan is an listen. Mr. Khan is an amazing human being. He loves wrestling. From what I've seen from him, is he he loves his business. He loves his wrestlers, and, and he wants to put on the best shows possible. He loves the fans, and he has a genuine heart for this business. So I'm sure that AEW is going to do amazing things going forward. You're definitely not the only one to say that about Tony Khan. But Danny, you've answered all of our in-depth questions. But before we end the show. We have to play our rapid-fire question round with you. We call it the 10 count. So without further ado, Danny Limelight, are you ready for the 10 count? 
I am ready for the 10 count. All right, Keith, start us off here, my man. All right, here we go, Danny. Uh, obviously, you're an in-shape guy. You take care of yourself. But what is your favorite cheat meal? Buffalo Wild Wings. Half, uh, 10 wings, half, half lemon pepper, half medium with fries and orange soda. Yeah, he was on point with that. I love that. <laughs> I love the lemon pepper. All right, Dan, uh, Danny, favorite opponent? Oof. That's a good one. Um, Kanosuke Takeshita was my favorite opponent I've ever wrestled in a singles match from DDT Pro. That match was amazing. Um, another one of my favorite opponents, Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega. All right. Favorite match that you've ever seen that you haven't been a part of? Oh, 97 Halloween Havoc, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Yes. That is a good one. All right, Danny. Favorite tattoo you have? Uh, the one for my daughter. It's a dragon, and it says uh, Khaleesi and her birth date on it. Awesome, awesome. That's great. All right, what's one word that describes Danny Limelight? Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good one. All right, Danny, I think I know what you're going to say for this one, but your biggest inspiration? My daughter. Yep, that's what we thought. <laughs> we, we knew that one going in. All right, uh, who's the greatest rapper from Brooklyn? Biggie Smalls is the realest. <laughs> You or know, Jay-Z. You know, or, or Jay-Z. You know who else is a, f- a fan of gangster rap, uh, Danny? Who? Tim Storm from NWA. Wow, I, didn't, I would have ne- never guessed that. He we didn't, we didn't either. Yeah, we, we, we would have never thought. All right, well, Tim Storm's great, but who is on your wrestling Mount Rushmore? The Rock, Eddie Guerrero, Ric Flair, Stone Cold Steve Austin. There you go. That's okay. a good one. All right. So we're, we're this next question is specifically WWE because they're the ones that kind of operate at, at a breakneck speed all the time. Should WWE have an off season? Have an off season? Yeah. Like, you know, where they, t- they just take a break from everything and maybe run reruns, you know, or something, an off season. Oh, nah. Keep doing what they're doing. Okay. I think that's that's a good answer from somebody who is 100% all the time in the ring, especially right now in his career. And Danny, last one on the 10 count. You mentioned it before. Who was the better Spider-Man, Peter Parker or Miles Morales? Miguel O'Reilly, Spider-Man 2099. Ooh, okay. I okay. was not expecting that. Oh, I like that. I like that, too. <laughs> I like that, too. Well, actually, Danny. He's, he's actually Latino, too. So if there anybody out there casting for Miguel O'Reilly, let me know where I can send my audition into. <laughs> there you go. You have the acting experience. Uh, that would be super cool. Danny, you have made it through the 10 count, my man. You did it. But I have to mention one more thing before we go. did a great job on the 10 count. You are, in my opinion... You're a superhero. You're a veteran. You're a rising star in the ring. But you also give back to the youth. Now, I read somewhere, um, you know, that the reason we ask you about Peter Parker and Miles Morales, you do work as a cosplay Spider-Man who visits young children in hospitals as a means to brighten their day and their spirits. Can you briefly go over why you do that and maybe tell uh, the tag gang out there, about a certain charity or organization that means a lot to you so we can raise awareness for them? Um, man, so it, 
damn. It started when my godson passed away. He he was nine months old. He passed from SIDS. Um, and I went to his funeral in my Spider-Man suit because the, the one of the only toys that I ever got to really buy him was a Spider-Man toy. It was like one of the ones from Target that was like this big. Uh, but I think it was like a 10 inch action figure of Spider-Man and he would always play with it or hold it or whatever. And when he passed away, I wore my suit to the funeral and I put the Spider-Man action figure on his tombstone grave, his grave site. It's still there to this day. And I started, you know, thinking to myself that because I wanted his first birthday party was going to be Spider-Man and I was going to dress up as Spider-Man for his party. And so I thought to myself that maybe I can still do this in his memory, you know, to honor him. So I started dressing up as Spider-Man. I have four custom Studio May suits and, you know, I go to children's hospitals. I haven't since the pandemic because they haven't really been allowing it. But I, I've been going to the, the schools, I mean, to, to the hospitals to see the kids. And then I also go to schools and I do like book readings and play with the kids at recess in my suits and stuff like that. And I've done birthday parties and I've done fairs and I've done, you know, th- like block parties and things like that where I come out for people and just to be a hero for them. Um, and, and, you know, and I did the volunteer youth sports coaching for five years where I coached the youth. I just, I remember what it was like growing up as a kid and, and, and not having that, you know, not having that hero, you know, besides my father who coached my baseball team and stuff like that. And I think that the old heads in my neighborhood looked out for me, but in the wrong ways, you know, they wanted me in the streets. They wanted me doing stupid things. And I just want to be the opposite of that. You know, I, I want to be able to bring light, bring hope, you know, and just bring a smile to whoever's face it is, whether it's, you know, a five-year-old kid or a 15-year-old kid, whatever, you know, as long as I'm doing something, you know, my daughter, you know, we used to go for Christmas, we would go and spend a certain amount of money on gifts. I'd dress up as Spider-Man. She'd dress up in a costume and we'd go give out gifts to kids by the stores, you know, and, and, and we would go, you know, like do charity stuff where we're like donating to people who need it. Or like last year for Christmas, I, I, I did a thing on Twitter where it was any single mom whose father was not involved in the picture they DM'd me and, and I sent them all Christmas gifts, you know, for the kids, however many kids they had. And, you know, I I, I just try to to just give back, to help, you know. With great power comes great responsibility. And I feel like I'm in a place in my life where I can do that. That's incredible, man. Uh, Danny, real quick, I just want to say uh, for Jared and I, as men of faith, um, we have no doubt your godson is looking down on you and is way proud of what you've been doing, man. Just want to tell you that. Thank you. Yeah, it's unbelievable what you're doing, man. In the ring, outside the ring, you have it all. You're a gift, man. We, it's such a pleasure having you on the show. There you have it, Tag Gang. Danny Limelight. Danny, thank you so, so much me for the time. Me it. Thank yes. you so much for having me. If anybody wants to follow me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Limelight. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Danny Limelight. I got some new shirts up there. Um, cameo.com backslash Danny Limelight. We can do Danny Limelight videos. We could even do Spider-Man videos. If you have a kid or something like that that loves Spider-Man, his birthday's coming up, message me. We can send him a birthday video or whatever. Thank you guys so much. Excuse me. Thank you guys so much again for having me and can't wait to do this again sometime. Yep. There you have it. Danny Limelight right here on Mixtag. There you go. Danny Limelight, thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Have a good one, guys. Oh, man, Keith. <laughs> what a good dude. What a straight up guy. He that that guy is such an inspiration to a lot of people, including myself. That was an awesome interview, man. And uh, we learned a lot. And like you, I can't say any better than you, man. That dude is just 
just an incredible human being to do what he does and gives back to people. But also he's uh, a student of his craft and he's a master of his craft and he's always improving. That's the crazy thing, man, is he's still young. And like, what what does a better Danny Limelight look like? He's not his prime yet. That's what's scary. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Got a bright future ahead. But anyway, Tag Gang, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Danny Limelight. If you like what you heard, you could feel free to share on any social media platform. Uh, you can follow us there as well, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com. Keeps running the Twitter all the time, so you know where to hook us up. Anyway, thank you all for listening from the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time, three-time, wait for it, three-time India Leg Wrestling Champion and Danny Limelight. My name is the Cowboy, Jared Watson, and we are out. Poppy. Poppy.